Welcome, guys and gals. This is the Northern Miner Podcast for the week of June 27th. I actually checked the date this week, so Yay. we're not randomly guessing what Monday is. <laughs> um, I'm Matthew Kiva with my co-host. Leslie Stokes. And we have... A pretty jam-packed episode this week. There's I'm kind a lot- of nervous about this episode. Oh, we've got we've got some fun, fun stuff. To <laughs> I don't know, Matt. Leslie's really nervous because she thinks I'm going to say something super no, offside or something. Yeah, there's there's Matt. Matt's got some some punches or something. Some bones I think. to pick. Yeah, I do yeah. have a few bones to pick here. Uh, but also, let's You're start. Like he busted down the door coming into the studio like Kool Aid. <sighs> Get me in here. I need a microphone. <laughs> Give me a microphone. Yeah, just a bit of a backgrounder there. We got a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I actually, a lot of it has to do, I did an editorial this week on uh, some permitting stuff at the Yukon, uh, the repeal of Bill S6, which we talked about previously, which was uh, something the Harper government put in that put a time restraint on environmental reviews and stuff like that. So they, Trudeau liberals, nixed that. Um, we did some stuff on that. We've talked about Sabina and Back River and what happened with their permitting situation. And then we have something else that just kind of exploded earlier this week um, that Leslie actually mentioned earlier because you've heard kind of buzzing around the around the industry yeah. a- about some stuff. Um, but but before we get into all this uh, jazz and, <laughs> oh and uh, really really uh, oh no. a little bit uh, a little bit uh, controversial stuff, let's uh, let's start out with our macro kind of metals yeah our nice uh our nice calm metal markets actually they're not calm at all um so uh everybody knows we talked last week today's brexit votes done we won't know the results till tomorrow morning here in uh in canada um so everything was pretty flat today because everyone's like uh uh and the fed's (laughs) like we can't do anything because they're just I don't know what to say about them anymore. Anyway, so so the Brexit vote's all wrapped up. We'll know the results tomorrow. Uh, the polls I read said that Remain was ahead 51% to about 49, you know, 51.2 to 49.8 or something like that. So it's looking like they'll probably stay, but I've talked in the past about my cynicism towards pollsters and how I think their science is kind of garbage. So, uh, so who knows? But early signs indicate Britain's probably staying. Um, but yeah, keep your eyes on the newswire tomorrow morning because that'll probably break. Well, although nobody's yeah. listening to this until Monday. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, we'll know by Monday. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. <laughs> All these listeners. I know, can't make any don't. sort of comment because I have no idea. But <laughs> we'll know on Monday. So listen next week for Matt and Leslie's thoughts on Brexit. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So gold, as we've we've talked about a bit, um, some of those Brexit fears sort of uh, were waylaid, and uh, some of the data indicated that. Uh, the referendum would probably fall in favor of staying in the EU, which uh, took away some of gold's momentum because gold's really underpined by general international socio-political volatility. Anytime mm-hmm. that happens, gold goes way up. So as we noted, it's been on a fairly downward trend this week. It, it's at uh, $1,259 an ounce at the time of recording. So well off that exciting $1,300 an ounce high mm-hmm. we hit a few days ago or a week ago. Um West Texas Intermediate at 50 bucks. Well, copper's been doing well. So we always kind of make fun of copper on the show, poking at it, poking at it. You don't want to poke it for too long, though. It's going to come <laughs> back at some point. Uh, so it's at $2.17 almost 17 cents a pound today. So very nice, very nice. Uh, we have some, I'll just go, we, we run, I mean, the big macro thing is the Brexit. So everyone's sort of paying attention to that. Uh, that's, as we t- said, caused gold to fall to a two-week low. Um, and... Uh, like we said, I read some polls that were too close to call. Some said that uh, that um, 
you know, the Remain side was was winning. So it, we won't know till tomorrow morning. So I can't really get into it with you here. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'd love to take a total like political segue down the down the road there. See what we could talk about. What sort of long-standing economic impacts uh, uh, either remaining or leaving the EU could have on Britain. Um, we'll just note copper. We do always talk about it. Copper remains the worst performing commodity year to date. <laughs> it's up 1% so far this year. Um, but uh, it's, it's doing a bit better, as we noted, because oil's been uh, showing some strength around 50 bucks. Um, and so that, uh, the reason, it's interesting, because people always talk about the relationship between copper and oil, right? Well, one of the things that oil does is it factors into the operating costs of copper miners, right? So higher oil means they're higher cost per unit to produce copper. So anytime oil goes up, it costs them more to produce copper. So mm. at the curtain, or curtain, <laughs> at the blinds, no, uh, at, at the current levels, uh, higher oil is real bad for copper producers because a lot of them are producing well above spot price for copper. Right. So that creates supply concerns. Anytime oil goes way up, there might be, it might be harder for them to produce copper. So there might make mine closures more likely and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so copper is doing fairly well on, as we said, um, a little bit of oil strength, um, but there's not, I, I have a note from Scotia here and they're like, well, we don't think they're supported really over the near term to be much higher. They like, they're, they're, um, saying many investors think that copper could go to a dollar 50 a pound. And I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> that's really low. Like, I don't know if there's a mine where your cash cost short of having some sort of standing precious metal credit would would be doing particularly well yeah, at that right? level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's sort of our macro for the week. Uh, the Brexit has overshadowed everything, so we're sort of like the rest of the world economy at a standstill until we know sort of what happens with that. Um, but, yeah, so that's our um, that's our macro. I do have what I have here is there's just was so much news that I wanted to get into that I sort of have a quick hit list. So I'm going to do like four or five different stories and oh maybe God, not you... get it in depth as much, but we can talk about them. You are a fighter. Um, but uh, so get let's... Get into your hit list. Yeah, I'm going to... You know? Psh, 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 psh. Terrified. Yeah. Yeah, I was playing some Street <laughs> Fighter before I left the house. It was awesome. Yeah, right? um, I like Blanca. He's my favorite. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, so uh, do we want to get into this now or do you want me to do some quick hits first um how about you do some quick hits okay i'm curious about these things. okay there's a few let's just run through. uh Sentara, who we talk about fairly regularly due to their ongoing like just gong show they have in in kyrgyzstan um so they got some good news for once so Sentara got some good news out of kyrgyzstan um they announced that they have received an emission permit for their Kumtor mine, um, and uh, which is just essentially uh, allowable emissions and also a maximum allowable discharge permit uh, from the Kyrgyz State Agency for Environmental Protection and Forestry. Um, and the analysts in, in this case noted that um, uh, a lot of people have really discounted the valuation on Kumtor for Sentara because it just looks so risky right now. Um, so they actually got some good uh, good news. So the, as we've always said, that mine is operated undisturbed for you know years since the late late nineties, I think. And so it looks like it's going to continue to operate despite the fact that the authorities have been raiding offices and Jeez. maybe like holding people in the country and stuff. So so that that was one thing we we've talked about that uh, at length quite a bit is the Santerra situation. We speculated on what they might be bidding on and. Uh, outside of more risky areas, like we, we, I speculated Kamenak might have been of interest to them. 
Um, so yeah, so that was just a quick hit. They finally got some good news. Uh, so it looks like Kumtor will be tr uh, chugging along as per the norm uh, with all sorts of socio-political noise going on around it. Um, and then on the other side, I have a couple of Kinross quick hits. Uh, first is that we, they got some bad news at their Tassius mine. We, we've talked about this um, in in in, uh, in detail before. Uh, they released an updated feasibility study earlier this year, but uh, there's been the strike over there, and it's really like interrupted their operations fairly significantly. Like I haven't gotten too many reports from the ground, but they have rolled back um, guidance because of it. So oh, their, wow. their their guidance is down. Um, a little bit at, at, uh, at the mine itself, not their overall guidance, because I'm sure they'll do some accounting mumbo jumbo to get from other mines to get everything back up and running. But they've, they've uh, parred back a little bit. So there's a little bit of, uh, of labor trouble going on at Tassius, which has just probably been like one of the, it's just been such a thorn in the side since they picked it up. Oh, has it? <laughs> well, they, like, they pay like $7 billion to pick up Lundin's Redback. Huge write down. Ty Burt gets fired. They've been trying to like engineer this thing so it's actually good, and now they just have a huge strike there. So it's like, oh, yeah. Cursed. I swear, some of these places are cursed. So, linking into this, and this also uh, is, is cool because it links into what we're talking about with Sentara and Kinross probably looking for stuff in Canada. Yeah, is that uh, Kinross um, signed a non-binding letter of intent with a small company called Yorbo Resources. Um, to acquire 100% interest in the Rune property in Quebec. So it's a gold property along trend from Canadian Malarctic and Goldex. And okay. it goes Goldex. So it's right in there on the Abitibi, like just right on that trend there. Um, so that what they've done is they've signed it with this little junior. Um, and what they'll be doing is uh, they can earn 100% of the project um, by completing a resource estimation after funding $12 million in exploration, um, including a firm commitment to spend $3 million in 18 months. So that's quite a bit. So they're going to be doing a 12,500-meter drill program with this thing coming up. Um, and also, once that's done, they can actually buy the whole thing <laughs> once this earnings is all done for $25 million in cash. So this company is, looks pretty good for the company. I mean, How far along is the property? Uh, it's fairly early stage. Well, I wow, mean, anything, good, like yeah, anything out there, that's you know, sick. as we talk, I was Thank talking you. actually to, I would referenced uh, my chat with John Brzezinski from a Cisco, yeah. a band now a Cisco previously. But uh, every, anyone who works out there will tell you most of those properties have been... At one point or another, drilled like like there's yeah. very little greenfield um, out there, but uh, yeah, it looks interesting. So um, uh, Kinross could end up buying this thing, and then Yorbo, this uh, small uh, uh, company based in Quebec, could end up with uh, retaining a two percent uh, net smelter returns royalty on any gold ounces produced um, uh, it, with some conditions. So it's just interesting that Kinross is out there and they're drilling about yeah. 13,000 meters. So, and like you see some of these major gold companies are starting to invest in juniors again. Well, I think this, this ties in this very a... broadly to what we're talking about this week. And one of the things that I covered in my editorial, um, which also referenced the fact the liberals just announced they're doing a, a massive review of, of the entire, um, environmental permitting process in Canada and they want to make it tougher was the word they used. So, one of the things that the companies are just like love flocking to Quebec, right? Because the sociopolitical risk, uh, risk is relatively low, much like Ontario with the Timmins camp. It's established mining camp, so permitting is not a big deal. Um, the Quebec government basically pays you back for all the meterage you drill due to yeah. the, the tax and, and, so, and flow-through structure, right? So everyone's like, oh, gosh, we got to find something in Quebec. <laughs> because we are, as we were about to talk about, 
The AMEBC started a bit of a brush fire earlier this week uh, when they put out. Uh, uh, I hadn't actually seen something like this before. It was like a new section of their website they put Core out. Core Matters. Yeah. Which yeah. is basically. Is- it is really it important is. stuff. It's really important stuff. Stuff yeah. that matters at the core. So, of- so why don't you run down for us what they what what exactly happened? Here? Well, on June sixteenth, they released a statement concerning access payments that First Nation groups within the province um, are starting to, I guess, soliciting companies um, that are exploring junior explorers specifically. Now, the, these notices, I gather, were, were delivered by letter. I would say so. We don't yeah. know. Yeah, because um, this is the sort of the issue, you, as you know, I have with Okay, it. so right now what we're sitting on is a lot of uncertainty. Very, a very vague release that a doesn't really... A very vague release saying yeah. what the situation is, is that First Nations are demanding payments for accessing exploration work sites from these junior explorers. If they don't, then they're going to basically block you and from And this is on work. Crown Land. This is all on Crown Land, yeah, right? Which and so is the that's big, the situation. important, important part. Um, yeah, and what's really happening, we don't really kind of know who this is being impacted by, like what yeah. companies, we don't know what part of the province, we what don't know First Nations what First or, Nations yeah, we groups, have, we, have we don't no really know what the access <laughs> payments actually are, yeah. and it doesn't even limit itself to, we do know that it doesn't limit it to junior explorers, but it also impacts the suppliers and people on the chain yeah, yeah. that are involved with exploration activities. Like truck drivers. and Like truck drivers, yeah. maybe, or ASILAPS, helicopter pilots, drill maybe. Drill operators obviously yeah, yeah drillers yeah. for sure yeah, you yeah. know so um so this is but, but let's let's give everyone a little little insight into this so leslie had heard about this i did hear about yeah not again not a lot this. of detail but you heard that this might be coming down i heard the, the kamloops pike. exploration the yeah the pike i heard it initially at the kamloops at exploration the yeah, group yeah conference this um this past year and, and it was all over the floor everybody was kind people of people were talking about it, it was yeah. really no it was still really hushed oh, okay people okay. were not talking about it mm-hmm. um i was just i was just lucky because I, I started hearing about it <clears throat> and um it was impacting quite, and you asked the abc about it at people. that time um yeah but again no they no no discussion yeah. no yeah. Yeah. no nothing on exactly what it is but to me it sounds kind of like yeah there's just been some groups that are really pushing and um, this piece of paper basically saying here is an outline of now everybody set keep fees. this is a rumor that we have okay yeah apparently. yeah it's so set, yeah it's set fees that there had been letters delivered yeah asking for percentage of exploration fees correct yes depending yeah. on okay. yeah, so this so this is we this don't is, we we have no idea on location company know, first nation we don't know anything but we've heard first nations or nation we mm-hmm. don't know has delivered letters to exploration mm-hmm. companies again okay. we don't yes. know requesting a percentage of their exploration budget be paid to them or else they'll blockade this. The site. blockade on Crown Land. So this is what AMBC this information is not coming from AMBC. This no. is things we have heard uh on the street or yes. or or at you know around the edges of conferences, etc. Um so this is sort of what they're addressing. Now the way they addressed it, this is a sort of the issue I have. Right, is that are they you put do, out don't this? Take out your guns on me. I do, I know, <laughs> but I have this issue. Like, this is literally this is a gasoline on a fire type situation, right? Because this is like they put out it. it it's flip like it, everybody head over to the MEBC website. It's easy to find. It's a pretty sizable write up. Like uh-huh. it's got to be and it has thou- comments from John Rustad. Seven hundred words or something. Okay, from yeah they got so so this is the other part of the story. So Leslie's working <laughs> on this right. And she's phoned everybody. Um, so we were chat- chatting about this before we went on air, and I was like furious. Um, furious. And I was, and then I was like, I was like, what? And so 
Why don't you tell them the responses that you received? Oh, well, I was speaking to Gavin, and Gavin was really lovely, you know, as always. Oh, he's always lovely, yeah. He's great, um, yeah. and he explained the situation, but of course he couldn't comment on anything specific. That's Gavin Jerome from, he's the president of the AMBC. That's right. And, and he then he put you in touch with... Well, I wanted to get in touch with John Bustad. Yeah. Bustad, sorry yeah. if I um, mispronounced that. So I call his, I call the office... Who was the minister of... The minister of Aboriginal, Aboriginal Affairs, Affairs for British Columbia. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I was chatting with um, one of his assistants trying to schedule a time. And he's like, well, what, what exactly do you want? I was like, I just need to know more. Yeah, like we Something. have no information. I don't I don't really yeah. know exactly yeah. what this means, if this is actually a big deal, if it's different than what was came before. So this also blew up and a uh, our friend Nelson Bennett from Business in Vancouver, uh -huh. who works in our office. And also, um, oh, I can't remember for the life of me the... Uh, the writer in the Vancouver Sun that covered this, but they Maybe James Quantes. Uh, no, no, he's 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 with CEO.ca yeah, now. Gone there, yeah. um, but uh, there was two articles also that came out on this, and basically they just sort of wrapped this up and had the same quote from John Rustad that everybody else had. Uh huh. And it was that uh, it's illegal for First Nations to request these types of payments on Crown land, which is essentially what the AMBC was saying was happening, right? Yes. But again, we have no direct information on where well, or who when was I was when I was talking to the assistant he was he said that AME BC contacted them yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is obviously coming from Obviously the whatever this First Nation thing is happening with the companies, yeah. the companies it seems to me has gone to AME BC so they've initiated some sort of discussion there with AME BC because yeah. they are the members and then AME BC went to go get dad yeah, went to the government. Went to the government. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of the... And so the government was forced to essentially respond to this. And so the government basically respond to responded, this. yeah, yeah. saying, yeah. this is illegal. And then but did they ABC acknowledge took this this note from dad, put it yeah. on the website, being like, this is illegal. And, and now I think, you, you just know And now, now they're just letting it out there and just letting it sit. Yeah, and, and this is an issue I have. Which is weird. Yeah, I, I and the fact but that they won't... I can won't, understand the tact. But. but they're like avoiding the press, too, which I have a bit of an issue with, Right. Like, if you're going to put out a, a giant press release like that, and then the press phones you, and you're like, oh, you can't really talk about it. It's like, what the heck did you put out the giant inflammatory press release for? Maybe, this is yeah. a bit of an issue. I, 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 Being a journalist, we're very, you know, rabid about know our access happening. to information. I bet you, I bet you I know what's happening. Yeah. They're only doing it to see if the First Nations maybe will back off. So they're not kicking up too much of a stink. They're just, it's like an intimidation tactic. Uh, yeah. Like, the, the next step is I'm just going to start picking up a phone and phoning all the First Nation bands and being like, did you do this? Did you do did this? You do did this? you do this? <laughs> and see who responds. Yeah. But anyway, so, okay. so... So we'll keep our eye on Yeah, that. this is... In, incredibly interesting to me because this thing just dropped like a bomb on Monday or Tuesday I think uh -huh. and everybody was like what's going on and I'm like <laughs> I, we everybody actually doesn't know like this it's very interesting and then and then nobody's really coming forward with like any additional information outside of this one whatever it is 700 word press release with mm -hmm. a little quote from is it from rustad and, and i didn't really get anything new either no no i mean it's it's Sucks. quite interesting and it says this is a interesting i'm sure we're going to be getting an editorial on this next week this is coming for sure um whether john <laughs> or i write it it will be coming next okay. week um so that's that's interesting because I like it's just funny and and, and this oh it, it's a, well it's not exactly funny it's actually kind of concerning but it's super concerning yeah it's moderately well, yeah it's super concerning well somewhat, somewhat. Yeah, yeah but this this whole it thing is, is, is um, coming against the backdrop of what I was talking about where um, the new liberal government is also very hasn't been very forthcoming on what they plan to do about environmental review and 
development projects and the, you know this this goes over into pipelines as well because we, we hear about this pipeline debate every day too right and trudeau is like seems to be trying to walk this line where he's appealing to industry etc same with with uh rachel notley in alberta um and and we heard this interesting stuff from christy clark where she was setting up this uh almost this election issue and you could you could see I think the interview was a couple of weeks ago, or it was a, an address um, in the Caribou, I think, somewhere. And she said, um, we have to stop, like, essentially, like, uh, uh, like allowing the cappuccino crowd in Vancouver to dictate whether we per permit pipelines. Because our mayor, Gregor Robertson, like, he, he's just, <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's out there and he's like, uh, the Trans Mountain Pipeline thing that the federal government did is illegal. And I think BC is now, they might, the city of Vancouver might be suing the review board now to try to get this thing uh cut off right wow so so it's an interest it's a very um and it's so and the of course the provincial government's like what the what the heck's going on down there in vancouver right so it's oh, christy so clark's out there people. well it's interesting because what it's what i've read some commentary and what it's ended up doing is um framing the issue as like the rural areas of bc is an election issue versus the more urban areas right because a lot of areas, if you talk to people up in Williams Lake or something who work at whatever, Mount Pauly, or it, it, the the outlook on these sort of issues is very different, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so so the the electoral, you know, uh, demographics in the in BC are very, very diverse in that regard. So anyway, so it's it, this is all coming at the same time <laughs> that this is happening. So there's a very, uh, very apropos um, cross country debate on this and it's happening at all levels of government. Right. So it's very interesting. Um, and the AMEC just waded in there with a flamethrower essentially. So that's always good. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll <laughs> see, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll keep following up on it, but it's, it is a, uh, a very, very interesting, uh, interesting state of affairs. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see though. Leslie's going to have at least the, the nuts and bolts on it. Um, I'll definitely yeah. try to dig out as much as I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, yeah. I mean, it might not be that bad. Maybe whatever, you know. It might not be anything. Important. It might not be. Well, if it's not anything, that's like the biggest piece of overreaction I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. So we, all, we also talked about, uh, yeah, like we talked about Sabina, as I mentioned, and all sorts of things. So there's an interesting editorial I wrote about how this is, is becoming such a major issue. And and the basis of the editorial was like, get out your GPS, because where your project is located is going to be more important than the value of the minerals. Right. Because minerals you can't get permitted are worth nothing. So interesting stuff. Um, so yeah, we have that. That's all good. Uh, the other, I have a couple other um, quick hits here. Uh, the one thing that I wanted to talk about briefly was, this is getting away from my ranting on Canada, um, is uh, everybody remembers the reservoir uh, Nevsun deal, uh, Lundin was originally involved. It was the Timok uh, copper porphyry project in Serbia. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is, this actually is, is pretty funny what happened here. Did you, have you followed this at all? Yeah. It's, it's relatively funny. Um, so what happened was they had this deal all together or whatever. And these two um, shareholders from China came in and were like, no, 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 we don't, we don't, we don't like this at all. It's not a good um, deal. This was, yeah, like they came, uh, Jing Bao and XJ, uh, XJ, GC, which are, are were two um, dissident reservoir shareholders on the reservoir side. So these guys owned owned shares in reservoir, and they came in and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna kibosh this whole thing." Uh, started making all this noise, and everyone was like, "That's crazy!" Like I've never seen, like obviously, like a project of this scope, copper wise, would be of interest to China. 
right? So there were there were shareholders on the reservoir side sort of torpedoing the deal. So what Nevson actually ended up having to do was pay an extra $75 million in yeah. cash. <laughs> they they're just like, yeah, here, that. just... <laughs> they're like, how much is it going to cost for yeah. you to go away? That's yeah. totally what like, I can. These, this is the negotiation. So you put down yeah. one million and the yeah. guy just nods. Yeah. Like, put down another million. Here's a napkin. Yeah. Right on there, how much it would take for your dissidents to know. go away. So they ended up paying, and now the deal's all done. Um, yes. So they're going to wrap it up. Um, I had an interesting conversation with an analyst who did a site visit there recently who was sort of a little skeptical on the level of engineering that's been done. The metallurgy is very early. Uh-huh. Yeah. So right. so some stuff like uh, it sounds like Nevison's going to have to do quite a bit of, of, of um, engineering work on it just to get get moving towards production so there's been you know who knows when the thing's going to hit production I, i've heard and i've mentioned this previously i think it was on a lundine conference call that i heard this that there is some conditions in the serbian license that says they need to continue to advance the project so they have to hit certain milestones mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see how nev's son deals with that um so yeah, it was sort of another one of my quick hit, quick hitters. So there's a lot of stuff going on. I just had to hit everything that's going on. Um, and then, do we have another top seven or ten list this week? We kind of do. Do we kind? How many do you have? What is it this week? I have a few. We have dun dun dun. dun. Um, I guess because it's the exploration field season right now here in Canada, we yeah. are introducing some top fun things or whatever yeah. happens w- in camps. Well, this Leslie week, put out a tweet to everybody saying we were looking for the top pranks pulled in camp. Pulled in camp that are RPG. So, yeah, but you know what's hilarious? Yeah. Every one I got was not PG. Well, we can we can we can blur the lines. A it little was absolutely. <laughs> we can blur not, the lines a little bit. In fact, I was just like every single prank I got, I thought, "Geez, I, is that even legal?" You know, one guy made a bomb. One guy made a bomb. <laughs> yes, and he said he floated out to a lake and. Some of the pranks, but there was, there was a couple that came back that I thought were pretty hilarious, and I'm happy to share it. Yeah, let's let's well, let's. So this is top what this week? This is I'll say top two. Okay, we have two. <laughs> we two. have top two. We went from top seven so top to top two. two. Pranks. Okay, so so this is another. Uh, this is good. So so are we allowed to use names this time, or did they request? I'm it? totally not going to use names. Okay, this time. okay, because we we were able to disclose what people ate, <laughs> but if they're blowing things up, they'd rather than names. Yeah. <laughs> removed from the story. So, so let's let's go ahead with our top two camp pranks that came in on Twitter, I guess, or were they emailed? It was it was all over the place. Oh, okay, they were like being fired at me everywhere. Good. Okay, so we got one prank that was played, and this happened years and years ago. Um, the gentleman who told me this said that he had a young eighteen-year-old core splitter one year working on the project. And on one of the final nights out drinking with the crew, um, he ended up getting lucky. And he was super proud of it. Oh, no. Yeah, so he was going around telling all the boys about how he got lucky that one night. And so the guys just went quickly to work and said that um, they started to actually spiking his meals and drinks with vitamin B. Oh, I know what that does. Exactly. It turns your... Urine, super, super orange. Yeah, orange, yeah. And so um, they started spiking all of his food and drinks with vitamin B. And then they sat around one day and said, you know, the first sign of the clap 
Oh gosh! Is that your your urine goes super orange? Right? This is hilarious. <laughs> this somebody they did it to some poor guy. Yeah, Jeez. and it says it went on for like a week or two, you know, of this, and you can tell that this young eighteen-year-old was getting really, really worried until finally the eighteen-year-old broke it to him, and um, they let him stew for a while before. Yeah, they obviously clean. a good prank. You need to let them stew on it for that's a while. That's a that's a really good. Anyway, yeah. that, that's one. Yeah. Oh, that's that's, that's really bad. <laughs> I didn't know we were gonna go right there. That was like zero to 60. Oh, this is worse. This next is worse? Is, the next one is worse. And I haven't told you this one. Oh, no. I don't know if it's entirely appropriate. Well, let's see if you can I'll talk try. around it. I'll talk around Okay, so yeah. um, this is, and it's funny because it's coming from Australia. Oh, okay. Which um, apparently, as, as uh, this geologist I know told me, this is everything you need to know about exploration drilling in Australia in one <laughs> story. In one story, okay. 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 So um, he said he was sitting on a drill rig, and in Australia, of course, you're in the desert, and it's really hot, as you know it, and there's like red dust everywhere, and there's just flies, like millions of them. You have to wear um, like fly nets and everything. So he's sitting out there on the drill rig, and he starts noticing that every single time a driller would take off from the rig to go into the bush to do his business, he oh, would okay. take a different color spray can with him. So it'd be like one guy would take off with a red spray can, another guy would take off with a green one, yeah. another guy would take off with a yellow one. And he's sitting there thinking to himself, why are they bringing out spray cans onto like the paint bush? Cans? Yeah, paint cans. Oh, I, can, I kind of So anyway, he goes out there and he's sitting down and then suddenly like he's sitting there minding his own business when a little red fly lands on him. And then a little like yellow fly lands on him. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yep, I see and where so, this is going. All of a sudden, the other driller turns out. Uh, obviously, the, the drillers were taking spray cans out to the bush and and doing it as a bit of a joke. And when when the drillers found out that the red one landed on them, they were like high fiving each other yeah, and they were cheering. It's probably and, like a pool. And yeah, totally. Yeah, so yeah that's it's kind like of my poo fly got it. <laughs> so God forbid if it landed on your lunch or something. But this is uh, a lot of the things that happen when you're working in camps. I like can't like, at least they like they were have you ever gone to like a fly camp and like so, so i don't know some people think it's like I, I was going up to i think it was none of it when i was going up and we're 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 outfitting to go up mm -hmm. and uh the guy uh the geologist i'm with swings into the hardware store and he buys a toilet seat i'm like what, the f what do you need that toilet seat for He's like, build a camp toilet i'm like how do you build a camp toilet so we're up in like we're up in 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 the middle of nowhere in, in none of it it's like muskeg and just some gossens every few hundred meters or something, right? And, and uh, so there's nothing there. And so he added like two by fours and he built like a frame and then he just screwed the toilet seat into it. <laughs> and that's a camp toilet. And I was like, wow, that's actually, he's like, well, would you rather just sit on the ground? I'm like, no, that's actually fairly civilized. <laughs> Like, I, knew, well, I knew one camp that they built an outhouse out of core boxes. Oh, there you go. Um, and it was actually an outfitter who, if you remember this story, it was Pacific Rimfire. Oh, they went up to, yeah, yeah. They went up to in the okay. Wernicke Mountains on the IOCG project yeah. to pitch it to this company. And he found a pile of core. <laughs> and then he turns into the, the outfitter and he goes and they're walking on basically a slew of core box name tags. And their tags still on them. <laughs> I worked at that project. I used that dunny. That, and I used did? to sit there and I'd be like reading the core tags. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, whole whatever. Hope that wasn't a good one. Well, that's the other, like, yeah. And then I think uh, Jerry rigged like a, a long, a bunch of PVC piping together and because there's a like a glacial lake nearby yeah and uh we had like a, a like a small jenny and, and a pump right and so the guy managed to get this pvc pipe and he ran it probably like 
oh, how long? I don't know how far it would have been. I would, like, f- f- like probably 10 or 20 yards down in this, this glacial lake, and he had it come up to a shower freaking uh, uh, fixture on top, and he hung it on this rock, and so he could have a shower. It was freaking freezing. It was, <laughs> but it was like he built a shower with, like, a curtain and everything, and I'm like, wow, you've been doing this for a long time. He's like, maybe, yeah. that, maybe that could be the next, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the top, the, the, the cleverest. Yeah, the cleverest is camp contraptions. Yeah. I will say the, the bugs were freaking horrendous, <laughs> and that shower did not get a lot of use because it was like you ran out there, shower real fast, like 10 seconds, run back to the yort <laughs> or wherever we were doing. Same with the toilet. You're just like, oh, God. The bugs, the bugs, they're everywhere. Um, so yeah, well, that was my story. There we go. It wasn't a prank involved, but it was, uh, <laughs> it was pretty good. Um, for next week. Exactly. And yes. so a few other things uh, we have our eyes on. Um, news broke recently that uh, Glencore is probably putting up for sale their share in the Horn Complex, where Falco Resources is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it'll be interesting That's to good. see what happens with the ownership there. Um, as we mentioned, uh, uh, Kinross is now in Quebec also, so we'll see. Uh, I'm actually taking a look at that. I, we'll see if I can get somebody on record to talk about that project a little bit. Um, and the deal. Um, and then, yeah, so that's kind of uh, all we've got for this week. So, uh, yeah, p- pay attention to the Brexit. It'll, we'll be talking about that next week. And uh, I'm sure I'm going to have about 1,500 analyst reports on, like, what's going to happen next, mm. which is, like, basically, like... Stay tuned. Very educated guesswork. Anyway, so, yeah, so <laughs> that concludes our, our, our rather all-over-the-place broadcast this yeah. week. But we had to talk about it. It had to be done. Yes. So thank you for joining us. Uh, this has been the Northern Minor Podcast. I'm Matthew Keith. I'm Leslie Stokes. Have a great week.